Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, you ready to start the show? Sure. <laughs> I, I You're look, laughing because I didn't have my headphones I look on. Up and I'm, from like, doing, just, I'm like, ready to do the intro, ready to talk. I look up and you're like, oh, let me put those yeah. on. <laughs> you want to listen to me today? I was or? daydreaming. I mean, normally you don't listen to me anyway, so right. I figured that you had them off because you've just stopped. No. But no. you, you want to hear the guests. It's That's Friday why afternoon. I was, just, I was just chilling. That's why they're on, though, because uh-huh. you want to hear the guests, correct? I do. All right, so we got a full show. It's going to be a football Friday we're going to talk a little NFL after the 4.30. Don't smile at my bad puns. A little NFL after the 4.30 Nobody break gets it yet. You want to explain. William Thomas, Eagles great, talking about uh, the preseason game last night, little everything else. Yeah. Then we're going to talk a little soccer when he joins us shortly with Casper Shabilko yeah. from the Union. So plenty of football going on. That is did, a lot of football. Did you watch the— and Then we can talk some baseball. Oh, some got, Iron Pugs. I, iron Pugs. Yes. We'll, we'll have Kurt Landis on. Talk some baseball. They're going to play at Field of Dreams. They're going to mm-hmm. play a baseball game. Is that, I, I, is that cool love, to you? I would really love to go to that. I mean, that movie, <clears throat> I love that movie. So here's so. the thing. Yeah. I spent three years working in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, not, I never heard you mention that There's before. not going to be any place for people to stay. Yeah. <laughs> there's like one hotel for- Oh, really? In Dyersville, well, Dyersville like, Iowa. Maybe it'll be like Woodstock for baseball. I, I mean, yeah, people will have to stay out in, the field. in the surrounding towns, but mm-hmm. in that town, there is literally like one hotel. It's actually pretty cool. You're, you're driving along a road and then you get through these cornfields and then there's this opening with a baseball field in the White House from the movie that's still there and a little souvenir stand. So apparently what they're going to do is they're going to build a stadium- or something with 8,000 seats for them to play a game, sort of like they did at some of the other stadiums around their little league fields and things mm-hmm. like that. And so people will walk through the cornfield to the stadium. You, so, you so into the idea? Do you do you want to be like our our travel guide and, and tell us, so where should we eat in this little town where there's only one hotel? It depends what you want to eat, Like, like what, what are they going to do for food? I don't know. I mean, there's supermarkets and stuff in Iowa. It's well, a, there's well, the, food the, and stuff. The out way there. you're the way you're describing it, no, it's I'm like just it's saying, in the middle Di- of nowhere. Dyersville, Iowa, is not the largest town that there is. It's it's near Dubuque, <laughs> Iowa, which is a. It's large, not Chicago. It, no, but Dubuque no? is like a larger town. People can stay there. There's right. hotels. It's about half hour away, mm-hmm. twenty minutes. But it's not. You're not going to stay right in town to go see that. But I think it's pretty cool for them to play off the idea of the movie and kind of pick up on that. I'm waiting for Brewster's Millions for them to like have like a minor league team play a professional team do you realize as old as you say i am oh all my movie references are from like the 80s and 90s i haven't watched a movie in 10 years i hope somebody other than me got the reference you just made i love bruce millions yeah to a richard Pryor movie i love that Uh movie it's a wonderful movie i'll debate it every day what Uh, will you debate about it that it's wonderful oh okay all right so did you uh watch any of the (laughs) preseason football game last night yeah. You did? Just long enough to see the quarterback go down. Oh, God. Can we talk about that for a second? You can, if, as long does, as you promise not to cry. Does this mean that they will not play Carson Wentz next week? That they will <laughs> drop him in bubble wrap <laughs> and not, and not put him on the field? They're going to put a red jersey on him, and nobody's going to be allowed within five yards of him. Is that is that what you mm-hmm. just put a penny on him? <laughs> that, they should pretty much do that for all quarterbacks during the preseason. They really didn't play very be much too, of anybody. Two hand touch. Did anybody stand out to you while you were watching? Not enough that I cared. I thought Dallas Goddard looked good. Okay. Um, the offensive line looked fine. Mm-hmm. They didn't give any time for running. We'll talk about more about it with William it, Thomas. It, it, it is amazing how much people overreact to preseason games good and bad and I, I will I will tell you the Giants now 
Giants fans are so excited about their quarterback who did well against the second string <laughs> defense on one drive. Uh, really? Chris Long was following along on Twitter last night, and he goes, one thing's for sure, you fans sure do overreact a lot or something <laughs> like that. that was, you know, it's, it's right. Like, if you're a player and you've never actually watched what fans do during a game, mm-hmm. you stop playing. Can you imagine your reaction to seeing, like, how fans overreact as yeah. each play goes on? Preseason football is just brutal. It, it is really painful. is. So, so Just so they can figure out who the last three guys are on a roster. Can we talk a little Phillies baseball until we get to soccer? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to have answers for you. And most of the things that I would want to say would get bleeped, so go ahead. All right, the Phillies lost their third in a row last night. Yeah. The game was on YouTube. Uh-huh. Did you watch it? No. <laughs> no, I am not. I am not watching it. Are you and, not, you, and you know I'll watch any baseball are game. Are you not into the YouTube experiment? No, I, I don't I don't get what the YouTube... The YouTube experiment is, is so I so people do not watch on television. So the purpose is so you can watch on your phone or your iPad. And, and some of us old folks actually need a bigger screen. So you don't think the YouTube experiment is for cord cutters and, and things like that? As it, is, try to... it is, but I'm not a cord cutter. So I want to be able to watch on my television. I want to sit on my couch... And I want to watch when I can't go to the game. I want to be able to watch on a nice 50 inch television and sit there with some popcorn or whatever I want to drink and watch the game. I don't want to be holding my phone in my hand while I'm watching a baseball game. They have lost six of their last nine games. They are 59 and 56 with the same record as the, Mets. the New York Mets. Yep. All right, Jeff. <laughs> What is going on with this team? I ask the same thing every week. You know that I was not pitching, pitch. a buyer. Well, <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing with sending Adam Hazley down uh, in terms of not sending somebody else down instead of him. I, I don't get it. You know, Kapler says that the players need more playing time. Put him in then. Uh-huh. Put, put him in the outfield and let him play and see if he can play. I, I don't get it. We're getting these guys on short-term deals and... And, you know, oh, we're going to try and do this to compete for a wild card that I don't think they're really competing for. I don't look. I, I didn't get when they sent um, Nick Williams down. OK, because I'm not telling you I'm the biggest Nick Williams fan, but I could tell you that he did everything. If you send a player down, lots of different things can happen with Nick Williams. My prediction was that he was just going to sulk. He proved me wrong. He proved everybody wrong. He went down there. He had a hitting streak. He hit well. He played well. He hustled. They brought him back up. They gave him barely any time in the outfield, and then they sent him down again. And by the way, he hit another home run, and in the four games since he's been sent back down, he has hits in every game. I don't understand why they didn't trade him at the trade deadline when he had value, when they needed pitching, if they're not going to use him. So now you have the same thing with Adam Hazley, who they were using instead of Nick Williams. And Adam Hazley, who is a first-round pick from a couple years ago, is – was playing well. Played well. It is not like he hasn't played good So this is not a situation where they're saying, okay, um, we want to keep him up because he needs to get seasoning. He wasn't just up treading water. He was playing really well, and he was playing center field really well when he was given the opportunity. So Jay Bruce comes back, and we need to hold on to Rodriguez. Why? Tell me why he needs to be here. Their argument would be a left-handed bat off the bench. I don't think that that's good reasoning. Wait, 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 wait. What way does Adam Hazley hit? I, I, I said no, I don't. No, I'm think, just curious. I don't think that Isn't that's Isn't he a good. left-handed hitter? Look, I have tried to Is make sense. Is he a left-handed hitter? I have. 
look, is Gabe he? Kapler said the other day that this You're team could be unstoppable. Yeah. He is, but I have stopped trying to make sense of what this team is doing. Well, you asked the question. So my, I don't have the answer because it does, none of it makes sense so and it's not working. Is it a manager problem, a player problem? Uh, uh, it's a management, a management problem. 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 So this is this is a a Matt Klintak, Gabe Kapler problem. I'm not saying look the players have to play, but again we've been saying all season and last season that players need to be put in a position to do their best. You you always in any walk of life, any job that you ever have where you have employees that are working for you, you put them you you put them in places that they can excel. You play to their strengths. It doesn't matter whether it's baseball or anything else. I don't see that happening. And and so now Gabe comes out last night and says the players are really taking to the hitting coach when they got one hit against Madison that's, Bumgarner. That's what got and, me. And not Madison Bumgarner of five years ago. This is Madison Bumgarner of now. That is not. He's a serviceable pitcher, but he is not an ace. He should not be only getting one hit, and that one hit be Cesar coming off the bench. That shouldn't happen. So I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the use of the pitchers and how they're using them. You and I talked before we got on the air about Ranger Suarez, who is not a relief pitcher, never has been a relief pitcher, is being used as a relief pitcher. It was pitching well for a little bit, but now you've overused him, and now he's struggling. Well, that's what we keep doing. And by the way, just... Go back, go in your time machine to the beginning of last season. Remember Hobie Milner? That's a long time Remember ago. Hobie Milner? Yeah. Hobie Milner was the guy that was not only misused, was brought in a game without being told to warm up, and then the umpire had to tell Gabe, I'm not letting him pitch Wasn't until he warms up. part of a no-hitter the other night? Yeah, exactly. In, okay. in the minors? Yeah. yeah. But, but after that day and a couple more misused opportunities, Hobie got sent down and you never heard from him again. You have to play to people's strengths, and they just haven't done it, period. Yet news reports out there are that Gabe's safe. So what does that, that mean? That they're not going to make a change. That when? They like this him. year or at the this, end of this year? At the end of this season, okay. that he'll be back next year. I don't think that they can do that with this fan base. I don't know if Clintac will be here at the end of this can, year. Can we talk about another player that got sent down this week? Who? Mikel Franco. Yeah. Any reason they didn't try and trade him before they sent him down? I have no... I. I Give Look. away for cash. What's the point? Cash, I, like, <laughs> cash, cash considerations. <laughs> Bag of baseballs. No, no, no. You sent him down to AAA. Wait, Fr- Franco is not a trade for cash guy. He's not, but you're not treating him with any value the way that you're using him and playing him. Well, it's you're putting more, him on it, well, the bench. It's more than you're that. You're yo-yoing to AAA. Yeah. What well, he we didn't yo-yo. Doing? This is the first time he's been sent down in the four years since he well, got here. So what are we doing here? I don't know, but that... There had to be something that we all don't know about. Otherwise, that that is more mysterious than any of the other moves we, that we've just discussed because he's also somebody who's really liked by his teammates. Uh, I'm not saying he's a team leader, but he's if you watch him on the field with his teammates, he's always chatting it up with his teammates. They're always having fun with him. He's the first guy to come over and high-five guys after they hit a home run or something good ha- happens. So there's more to it than just his... Uh, by the way, if you every time I go to a Phillies game and they put up the stats of the players at the beginning of the game, I'm shocked now that that he doesn't have like a 40% strikeout rate. It's only I think it might be now at 22-23%. So he's cut down on his strikeouts. His average has gone down. 
but everything else has got has gotten better. He's you don't see him swinging out of his shoes all the time, but right? None of that has anything to do with the hitting coach, right? Because Gabe likes him. Okay, he's also, by the way, the the best defensive third I mean, look, baseman you I, have on the team, right? I happen to think they've already admitted that their strategy of taking first pitch strikes mm-hmm. isn't working for them, well, especially for <laughs> especially for Caesar, who who's never seen a pitch a first pitch <laughs> that he wouldn't swing at. I just feel like the left hand and look, we we like people in the organization. We go and cover the minor leagues. We we go around and talk to a lot of these players. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how they're managing these guys. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, they're players, whatever. They go in, they do their job. No, that's not how it works. Right. This game is as mental as it is physical. And if, if your well, mind... certainly is mental now. If, if your mind is not right. right in this, if you don't know what your role is, you talk mm-hmm. about this all the time. Players knowing their role, knowing what the responsibility is every single day. Are you electing me manager now? I would never do something that foolish. Oh, cool. <laughs> Foolish for the Phillies or foolish for me? <laughs> foolish for me. I'd never hear the end of it. Uh, I, I, I really don't understand all of these moves. I don't understand the Jason Vargas move. They're, they're, Mets fans the, are excited. They're like, we traded yeah, up. We yeah, got so, Stroman and gave hey, you Vargas. So, so here's here's something that's always driving here I was thinking about. what is I And I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. I love when you ask questions you don't know the answer <laughs> to on the air without telling well, me in advance you're going to do it. What is their record since they wore the, the Saturday Night Special uniforms? The Phillies? Yeah. Not good. Yeah. See? So they did it again. <laughs> Not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Greg Luzinski knows the answer to that quest- yeah, question. But the Mets record, what do they want, 13 of 14? Yeah, now? they're like, here, have Jason Vargas. We'll be better without him, and you'll be worse with him. And we brought him on and put moved other players around yep. to where mm-hmm. they shouldn't be and don't fit. Yeah. Is that, when, is that the move that got Nick Williams sent back down? No, I Lost? thought that was what sent Elf- Eflin to the bullpen. I mean, I can't keep track anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, P- Pavetta's down there making rehab assignments. You think he's going to come back up this year? Or Eikhoff, not Pavetta. Eikhoff. No, well, Eikhoff pitched a rehab appearance yesterday at Reading mm-hmm. and didn't do very well. He didn't? No. So you think that he... I th- I don't. I, I wouldn't hold out hope that Eikhoff will ever amount to anything. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is continuation of the arm problems. I just know he's not the same pitcher as he was before the injury a year and a half or so ago, they... um, which is a shame, but... It, I really am at a loss for the use of players, the way that they're using them. Yeah, I don't understand what they're doing. But keep in all. mind, we have a really good left fielder in Vince Velasquez, and we have a pretty <laughs> good relief pitcher in Roman Quinn. Again, I don't understand. Yeah. If you, if that was your first baseball game, how confused were you? The game didn't end in nine innings. By the time you get to 15, the pitcher's out in left field. The the outfielder is on the mound. Look, as as I'm as I was watching that game, I'm sitting there in, and you know everybody's joking about it, and then everybody's impressed about how he gunned down a runner at home plate. He should have a good arm, by the way. He's a pitcher. He should, but let me let me tell you something. The second that he started charging for that He'd ball, hurt himself. I was sitting there going, if he blows out <laughs> his arm trying to gun somebody out at home plate, they will never hear the end of it. There is no way that you can put him in that position. You just can't do it. They've done that a couple times where they've put people just completely out of position, unprepared. Um, I don't know. They're, the Phillies are 26-33 and 33 since ending the month of May, up three games in the NL East. They have scored three runs or less in They're 13 of 25 place. games since it's... the All-Star break. So I will... I, I, you've been the optimistic one. Are you down with me that the wild card yeah. is a pipe dream? Uh-huh. And yep. So what do you I'm do the, at I, this I, point? I, I've 
I've attached the white flag to the stick, but I'm so, not holding it up yet. So How's you're that? so do you are you the guy that plays Dickerson and Bruce and Brad Miller, or at what point do you? Yeah, give wh- these? why is he still on the team? Bamboo. It didn't work. I, I don't know. Sorry, didn't mean to yell. It did for a couple <laughs> games. Okay, so fine. Now we have some bamboo in the locker room. So, what good does that do? Bring in a panda. I mean, what are they gonna do? Are are they gonna? I mean. You know, it, it's times like this that you sit there and you go, you have to see what you have in your younger players. But the problem with the Phillies was is that they had younger players that could have put them in a better position than the veteran players that they keep going out and getting and putting on the field. Or at least I they would have known what they have with them. Why in the world would you not just say for the rest of the season, Nick, left, Bryce, right, Hazley, center. center field? Why would you not do that? So what do you have next year in Nick Williams? Do you bring him back again? I have I have no like, idea. What does this I don't, team do with its players? Franco will be gone. He you, won't be you, here. Are you sure about that? No. Right. I'm not Say, sure of anything with right. this team. Uh, you would think, look, if they're doing it right, Cesar's not here. Uh-huh. Franco is gone. Kingrey's at second. Bohm's at third. And then you go, you figure out what your outfield is. Uh-huh. You know, whether McCutcheon comes back, is Hazley out there? But I... Nick Williams does not seem to be a part of their plans, even when they make him a part of their plans. But how can you tell? You can't tell what their plans are. Because they don't give him a chance when they I bring him in. I don't think they have a plan. They just allow him to put on a jersey and sit there for I, a while. I, I'm, I, I really don't. I think this is literally play as you go, see who the hot hand is. But even that doesn't make sense because Adam Hazley was a hot hand. Can I give you one more depressing stat before we move on? Why? Because it's, I don't know. By the way, uh, we're, we're not sure what happened to Casper Shabilko. We'll, we'll um, figure it out. We'll ch- get it. Ch- chances are, rumor has it that he's like a really big into playing pool. Oh, maybe and he's he, playing. He may be in a mean game of pool with Harris Madunian, and but I guess we'll have to find out. Maybe we'll go down to the game on Sunday and and we'll uh, hit him up and find out what. We'll happened. ask him about that when we get our yeah. chance. Uh, they've been outscored three hundred eighteen to two fifty seven in since June first. Oh, that's I, not good. I feel a lot better now. That's not yeah. good, Jeff. Uh huh. And that, like, that's not on the manager all the time. Right. That's on the players, too. There's a lot of underperforming people on these teams. Who? <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> all right, we'll leave the Philly Fanatic yeah, well, lawsuit but, for next and, week. And by, and by the way, can people stop getting on Bryce Harper? He's the least of your problems. Yeah, he can't, really. he can't pitch, too. He's underperforming, but yeah. he can't pitch. Hey, by the, by the way, even if Bryce Harper doesn't earn his money on the field, he has more than earned his money in salary. In, in, in the marketing. It, yeah, in the marketing. Because I have to tell you, I was at the game the other day. Is everybody wearing the Fanatics the, headband? The Fanatic headband is all over the place. Which is the same at company 20 bucks a pa- that a you bought one when you were in Chicago, Yeah, I right? got one that was White Sox because it was really hot out, and, and I bought it. But they're like 20 bucks a pop for this, you know, just basically a piece of nylon rubber that you wrap around your head. <laughs> and and everybody's got them now. Everybody. I mean, the whole, you do too. It, it was like it was like the dangle. No, I don't have that one. Oh, you have your White Sox one. Yeah. No, I got a Phillies one, but I just got the old powder blue and the pink. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we talk? Basket- it looks a little weird. Having can we talk basketball since we're since we'll transition if Casper's doing something? We'll yeah, what, connect what, back what with do you want, him. What do you want to talk about that you're going to try out for the Sixers for the G League team? I don't want to talk about that. Right. Uh, well, okay, let's talk about that on the air. What is your need to embarrass me physically Wait, in front I'm, of all the other teams? I'm trying out too, uh, but. You are at least taller than like me. <laughs> you, you know, the the taller you are, the harder you fall, right? 
I hope like like we went and did this Temple Tough preview that we're going to yeah. do next week for Temple. Yeah. You're trying to get the linebacker dive on the floor for a loose ball against me. Now, now Look, you ask. Okay, I so, was giving you the so chance to live out your live out your dream. The story here is: in a couple of weeks, we'll have the Blue Coach General Manager on and Coach on, and they're doing open tryouts in the area. And of course, Jeff can't pass up the opportunity to see. Hey, can we try out? <laughs> now, by we, he means I'll stand there so that Jason can embarrass himself trying out, and he's giggling as he's talking as I'm talking about it because he knows that I'm 100 percent right. So. Back to why are you trying I, to embarrass me? I would not try to embarrass you. I mean, I barely have the skills to hold a microphone. Look, <laughs> you know I can't shoot a basketball. <laughs> That's why it's attached to That's this right. thing, right? <laughs> I would screw that up. No, think think about it. I, I have it. Nothing you, goes well. No, uh, even, one of us even, is going to get hurt. We talk sports. Isn't it? Is it? Wasn't it your dream to play sports? I'm, yeah. I'm helping you live out your dream. I also dreamed so, of being taller. It didn't happen. Okay, so but but there are things that I'm, I'm trying to help you with. So you know, last week we were we were out at Temple talking to the players and the coach, and one of the players was the uh, the I think the national collegiate leader. Yeah, the Buckus, fum- the Buckus nominee. Right, in, in fumble recovery. So I suggested that we do a fumble drill, and that you and he could go out and I'll. Throw the ball out in the middle, and we'll see who gets it first. I did not say that I would not give you a uniform to do it with. Oh, that's so generous <laughs> of you. You're going to give me a stretcher afterwards to pick me up and walk me away? Uh, I'll think about it. Can we talk about a serious issue for a sec? Uh-oh. So the NBA is going to require every team to have a licensed mental health professional on retainer this season. I'm surprised. I'm surprised every team didn't have that already. I thought they did. They issued a memo to all 30 teams mm-hmm. saying that they must have at least one mental health professional on retainer. They must have a licensed psychiatrist. They must have a written action plan for mental health emergencies. And they need to have a health and wellness meeting in Chicago in September. They need to attend that. Your initial thoughts on the NBA recognizing the challenges that their players are having, which is a reflection of society of people are having with mental health issues. I think it shows you that Adam Silver uh, was a good choice for taking over for, for David Stern. I think that he, he appreciates the players that he has, realizes they're the asset and that they're human beings, and is giving them something that they're, that is precautionary and is helpful. I, mean, I, I don't... What's the downside to doing something like this? There's none. And and you know what I what I what I don't understand is why a league like the NFL, and I don't know, maybe you could maybe you could tell me what the NFL hasn't thought about doing this kind of thing already considering the head or, head injury um, risk in the NFL versus I don't know. I mean you you know sports. how I feel about the ti- defining toughness by fighting through injury mm-hmm. in sports and, right. and that, you know, you're not tough if you're not out there, if your leg's falling off and, you know, all these other issues that you're having. And so I think it's important not only for the players, but look, these people are looked up to by so many others. And for a player to come out like Kevin Love or, or DeMar DeRozan and say, look, I've struggled too. That's important. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a person that had a lot of anxiety growing up and I, I just thought it wasn't normal. I, I used to say to my mom, I, at least I could get like strep throat or something. At least they, they'd give me something. I know what it is. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know what made me nervous. You know, I I had some other challenges with mental health. And, you know, it was always, oh, you can push through this. And, and 
you know, it's okay. And it's like, well, it is okay, but it's really not. And it'd be great if somebody could recognize that and acknowledge it and talk to me about it and maybe help me through it and figure out how it can be okay. I just think it's really important for fans to see that their heroes, their idols, the people that they look up to and want to be, aren't the perfect pictures. You know, we're a social media society, and I put up a lot of pictures of my my two-year-old, and people are always like, he looks so happy. And I'm like, that's because I don't put up the pictures when he's crying and screaming. Like, when people are having a really hard day, when they're having mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. they don't put that out there because that's not accepted by society yet as, oh, it's okay to have that problem. You tell somebody you get the flu, they're like, get better. Bronchitis, get better. Mental health problems, oh, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can normalize that as an issue and that players can be out there as advocates and that leagues can give access to the players to get the help they need, I think is good for everybody. I agree. Um, Other thoughts on what these leagues are doing. I mean, we talked to a lot of the players about sports psychology. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think this trend continues? Or? Well, we, t- we talked to, for people who listened to our show uh, yesterday, our High Hope show, we had on Josh Steven. And Josh Steven went to a sports psychologist uh, last year and talked about, if you haven't listened to it, you can go to our Heart of Sports website and, and it's there. He talked about a, the benefit of a sports psychologist and what it meant to him. And it's amazing to me, we've talked to him about it, we've talked to other players about it, um, in the Philly system for a while now and how they didn't realize what a benefit it would be probably because they thought that there would be some stigma to it that they were talking to about it to a psychologist but they didn't realize how much of a benefit it could be to their career um, to talk to a sports psychologist that it, that, that that they could help you focus among other things but you could t- you could t- certainly tell with him. I mean, it, it's benefited him so much. He skipped straight from Lakewood to to Reading. He never played at high A. You talk about the stigma, and I think that's what it's important. Players just talking about the fact that they see and talk to somebody helps to normalize it. Mm-hmm. Helps to make it a part of the conversation. It doesn't make it awkward to talk about it when somebody says things like that. And I, I just I hate to be on a soapbox, but we're on the air and we talk about the platform that athletes use, and when there is something that these athletes are doing, I think we should recognize it. And I think the league's right to, to sort of get involved here. How tall will you be on your soapbox? <laughs> Still very short. <laughs> Why don't we hit the break when we Wait, come? We need to play a game. So, oh, so, game? so we're going to play the game of where's Casper? I don't know. So since we don't know where he is, if anybody happens to see Casper Shabilko anywhere in the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> call him. <laughs> And we'll have a big prize for you as well. Just going to go out and search for him in the <laughs> lobby at the break. Stick with us when we come back. We'll talk a little more football. We'll talk some baseball, everything else. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty Clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder dream bigger and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable and to do it with a fatty on you the original street leisure clothing brand taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports with the biggest names on and off the field it's the heart of sports each and every friday at 4 p.m on 610 espn 
with former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's The Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff. So um, we got William Thomas on in a few minutes. The no, sky nobody's is, called us and told us we're casting. Nope. Uh, the sky is falling now. We don't have a backup quarterback. He's out. I'm looking out the window. It looks perfectly fine. Out six weeks with a broken wrist on a late yep. hit. By the mm-hmm. way. Uh, by the way, that was one of those like if you've ever watched like the Law and Order or Criminal Minds or those type of shows. Yeah. When they talk about the the suspect or the victim falling a certain way and breaking their bone, you could see the way he felt. <laughs> he was totally breaking his wrist uh, the way it happened. I'm not good at any of mm-hmm. that, but it did not look pretty. No. What now? Because I, I well, woke up to, this morning on to Twitter. To be fair, you have to. You, you drafted a quarterback, right? I woke up and this what morning. What is it, Clayton Thorson? He did not look very good. Okay. Um, and you have Cody Kessler, who he also, also look never good. looks very good. And you have quarterbacks that are out there that are unsigned, uh, one of which you can say the name of. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is out there. There you go. So now Uh, there's that discussion to be had, I uh, guess. Timely, he put out a video that he's been waiting three years yesterday, I think, before the injury. Okay. Um, Are you you trying to say there's a conspiracy here? No, I'm just saying it was timely. Um, Uh You know, Sam Bradford's (laughs) also out there if we want to go back to sleeves. Oh, no way. (laughs) No, no, no. I just wanted to throw that out there. You you. can't bring Sam Bradford back here. What do you do if you're... Although they have paid him enough money. So here is the challenge, though. If you bring a quarterback that isn't Colin Kaepernick, at this point, he's got no suit against the league. How do people react? Well, he settled that yeah so, so the, he's done so he's just a player now waiting to be signed correct so do you sign somebody because you need another quarterback in camp do you go with three quarterbacks what does jeff the coach do jeff the coach yes uh i don't play any quarterbacks <laughs> you, you sit I carson sna- down i, sna- I snap it cody to the running Kess- back and i knee it every you, time you put cody kessler in when we get William, uh, he's got it. When we get William Thomas on in a minute, he's got to think like, remember what he goes through in playing days and watch uh-huh. players now that don't play in anything and right. don't do anything and just be like, oh uh-huh. my God. Like, I, wa- I wonder. By the way, I, I actually have, before we get him on the line, um, is he on? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Did you see what happened with Clemson? No. So Clemson got their championship rings yeah. and didn't give one to their former quarterback, Kelly Bryant, who Did left after transfer? four games. And so they asked Kelly Bryant whether or not he would want take one. If and he said, "Well, I would if they gave it to me." And, and I do, I really don't understand why people think that he should be entitled to a ring. He left. He quit. Right. He went to another school because he wanted another year so of you're, eligibility. So you're anti-ring. I'm anti-ring when it comes to that. I, I don't understand. Look, I, I'm not a fan one way or the other of Clemson or Dabo Sweeney. I just don't understand why Dabo Sweeney's getting guffed this afternoon for for not giving a ring to a guy who left the team, and if their quarterback had gotten hurt, they would have been screwed. Is it because he's Dabo Sweeney? It could be. Like our Can you imagine just, if it was Nick Saban? Are, oh, boy. Are people just giving a hard time? We'll, just, we'll try. We're we'll just looking to, for Friday information. We'll to keep trying to find about. William. We'll work on getting him. It, it's a Friday, Jeff. What is going on, Every, man? Nobody likes you. <laughs> it's all. Because... Wait, why me? 
<laughs> they said yes to me. If you were it's on you the, that's the problem. If you weren't on the show, uh-huh. they would totally be calling in right now. Oh, is that it? They would want to talk to me. They would want to talk to Brett behind the glass. So wait, wait are we saying that William's not calling or that we can't uh, he, reach him? He, he didn't pick up. We'll, we'll work he didn't on pick it. Up, Brett, huh? Brett tried, so we'll work on it. Uh, in the meantime, can we talk a little bit about... Uh, Ken, oh, here we go. Can we talk a little bit about Kenny Stills? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. What so, do you want to talk about him with? So Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, is holding a fundraiser for the president. We're not going to talk about it from the politics standpoint, um, though I was a little surprised that somebody in a high-profile position like that in the climate that there is chose to do that. That's okay. Yeah. Kenny still says that he has a charity that has a mission that is different from the things that he is supporting at that event. Right. And the two don't go together. Right. Were you surprised that Kenny Stills spoke out about his owner? No, because Kenny, Still, Kenny Stills was thing? one of the last people, well, last players to continue to kneel. Uh, feels strongly about this. And Stephen Ross has stated that he was going to be helping the players with, right? He was going to help the players with this in, these initiatives. And the players feel that, that you know, regardless of your politics, they, they feel that this is not is not the same goal as what they thought that they were doing so him speaking out against it and again this is not coming from the political perspective if he feels betrayed by his owner he's entitled to speak out about it yeah he said he has received death threats uh since then uh that seems to be the the climate of where it is not that it's acceptable um but are you how do you think that this kind of thing plays out? Do you think that we're in an era where players will speak out more about their ownership? It, it doesn't seem like that's something that happens often. Players speak out about issues on a social level, um, unless there's really a work I don't know. stoppage. I think, I, think that, I think NFL players are not shy. Uh, I think that they'll continue to speak out against the owners if they feel it's appropriate. And it depends on the kind of owner. I think with Jeffrey Lurie, uh, I think players are less likely to speak out against him because they know that they can go talk to him and that he's he's open door when it comes to that. If you think that the guy that that is the president of your team isn't somebody that you can go talk to and have that discussion, then they're going to go public with it. So you think it depends on the team, basically? Yeah. I think it was, if it's a Jerry Jones guy, I think they're going to do it. So... All right. Why don't, why don't we uh, bring on William Thomas right now? Willie T, are you there? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? We are wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. Do you sit up and watch training camp uh, preseason games, or do you complain about nope. them like everybody else? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, so how much do you miss the, this these August preseason games? <laughs> oh, well, you don't really want me to say that. <laughs> well, to try try to say it uh, at a Disney in, level in a way that, that I don't need the dump yeah. button. <laughs> okay. All right. No bleep 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 bleep. <laughs> So I'll tell you what, it was uh, always exciting to get ready to get back into it. Did but uh, once, it, uh, once, it, once a couple of weeks went by, it's, it's time to go. What do you think as, as the NFL changes of, you know, how little the players are playing now in the preseason? Jeff and I were joking, you know, after Nate Subfell's injury last night, do they just put Carson Wentz in bubble wrap till the regular season starts because they're worried about that? What, what do you think about how the preseason plays out now in this NFL? Well, the preseason is basically for um, for the young guys to see if they can make the team. All the veterans that the guys that they want around are already made the team, so it's not really any use to uh, to be out there. 
So, okay, so let me ask you now, as, as, as a guy who's gone through this process from a younger player to an older player, and now you see it from a totally different perspective as, as somebody who's a ref, um, is it really necessary? Did, did, for those younger guys, do they really need those reps in those games, or can coaches make those decisions based on the practices that you have? Well, you want to see how they do against other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can tell if a guy's good in practice – but once they get out there against another another team, they show they get a chance to show what they got. All right. So so uh, the Eagles already lost uh, Grugier Hill. Um, the linebacker is often the quarterback of the defense. Right. What do you do in that situation when you lose the quarterback of your defense? The way the Eagles probably hopefully have. he's not gone that long. Right. But but, he, but right now start. he's out. So he's not going to be here for the beginning. How of the long season. is he going to be out? Couple weeks still, I think we haven't we haven't seen anything larger. But how how does that change the way you play the defense in terms of signal calling and alignments and everything like that? Well, you're still going to make the same signal calls. It's just a matter of the guy who backs him up if he's a good backup. And that's that's the key these days. If you have a good backup, how are you out there? It helps. How are you out there getting ready for the season now? You got you got your your games coming up that you'll be calling soon, right? Yeah, I open up with um, Houston at OU on September first. So have you have and you been? I, I went to Temple practice today. Ah, we were at Temple last week. They they got a bunch going on with Rod Carey over there. Have you been to many camps, either pro or, or college, out there, kind of practicing yourself and helping the players? Well, last week I was at uh, the Baltimore Ravens officiating, of course. <laughs> That's my little one in the background. <laughs> Wants to get in on the conversation. Yeah. I don't blame him. So, so, yeah. so let me ask you a question. You were at Temple practice today. Have you ever have you seen many coaches that are as in good a shape as as Rod Carey is? <laughs> he wants to jump in on everything. <laughs> no, no, he's. Uh, I tell you what, he, he is in shape. She <laughs> don't want to. She don't want to work with me. What's Sorry, it? Guys. No problem. What's it like for a, a team as they head into the season with the expectations that the Eagles have? We, you know, we can talk about the talent at the different positions, um, but there's a lot of talk around this team. Is that obviously it comes down to playing football, but how does that pressure change the players and their preparation, if at all? Well, when you're a team that's built the way the Eagles are built, you kind of go out there and expect to do well. It's not about a lot of pressure. It's just you go out there and expect to do what you're supposed to do. You have, you have any thoughts on the way that this team is built currently? Their offense, they just seem to have a ton of weapons this year. A couple questions on defense, but they seem pretty strong heading to heading into the season. Any thoughts on what you see them putting out there right now? Well, I'm excited to, to watch them play because, um, you know, Carson's back. You got Deshaun Jackson back on the team. You know, that's a definite deep threat, and that's something that we really, we really needed. So as, um, as, 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 as a defensive player, uh, how how much does it put pressure on you to have the kind of guy that Deshaun Jackson is who can spread the field the way he can? Well, the thing is, he can go defense any time and outrun anybody on the field, so that's that's a big-time uh, threat. And when you have that type of threat on offense, the defensive coordinator is really worried about that. I was watching the so, game – I think it was last week, and they they had the first uh, pass interference review. I was wondering yeah. your thoughts on the 
introduction of instant replay to the pass interference there, the ability to to review that and, and how difficult that is for a ref to, to now have to do that, or is that better for them? Well, it's not any more pressure on the, on the officials. It's just a matter that uh, the, the teams get a chance to uh, to uh, review it. And uh, with the, what happened with the Saints game is unfortunate, but um, I guess that's why they put it in there. So as as a ref, what do you do to get ready, ready for a season? Oh, you, you watch film, just mm-hmm. like uh, the players do. And uh, we got to once we once we go out to temple practices and other practices after like Cincinnati, you just get ready. It's kind of like preseason, you know. Well, we don't we don't have games, but we go out to practices. You got your preseason, and it sounds like you got your hands full there with the little one too. So we'll we'll let you get back to the little one, and we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes to give your thoughts on everything. Oh, no problem at all, guys. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Hey, you too. Take care. Take care. Jeff, he's got a, a tough time there with the little one there trying to do the interview. Yeah, you would know. You would know what that's like. Yeah, right? it's it's a challenge. My uh-huh. little guy, um, it's funny, we we did an interview out of the house yeah. with Spencer Howard when he's in Clearwater, and my little guy was homesick that day. And I was <laughs> trying to get everything set up, and so it turned into him speaking into the microphone yeah. so that we could record his voice so that I could do a level test oh, to make good. sure it was working. Yeah. So he's, he didn't understand how that all works. Make sure hey. you send in the right tape. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he didn't really get how that all works, how you can put it all in there and then it all comes back out. <laughs> uh, th- you want to talk a little bit more about what we saw in the game last night? Obviously, no. it, there isn't that no, much. I don't. You don't want to talk about it at all? It, look, I'd, I, I'd like to talk about the team, but nothing in that game mattered okay. other than the fact that Nate, Nate Sudfeld got hurt. Which is, I saw this morning they had a, a fan, I think it was at the Bills game yesterday, that actually had a sign that said, please don't get hurt. Yes. That was the sign they held up. Yes. So why are, why are we even having these preseason games? Why do we need four of them? Well, for the, well, to Money. sell tickets. Money. But for the young people, according to William and everybody else, I mean, it really is. Yeah, but you don't need four of them. No, but it really is about young players for teams now. The the vets really don't get very much of anything. They get timing and stuff to practice, mm-hmm. but they're not but, getting but any they games do that to in play. Pra- the, the timing is developed in practice. It's not developed in these preseason games because they only play a series. You, Except I, for some, for some reason, Andy Andy Reid's decided Pat Mahomes is going to keep, play. keep playing. Yeah, I know that William was not. Boy, sure. how much will he get killed if if, if if Pat Mahomes get hurt? Well, he's open to criticism for lots of reasons, yeah. right there. Yeah, are you surprised that William is sort of nonchalant about? Uh, the review of pass interference. I feel like that's opening Pandora's box. I feel like there's you're pass the interfer- one who wanted it. I told you all I'm along, the one who said I don't want but it. But I feel like there's pass interference on every oh, you play. Are so fence sitting now. No. What do you mean? I want them to get it right. Yeah, but but by opening it up, that now that they can review, that's my argument. You can't make my argument and say you want to have it. Really? No, you can't do that. Why not? Because. <laughs> I like your argument now. Well, good. Next week, I could just stay home. I didn't realize it was your argument. You, you you cannot, if you're happy with it, then be happy with it. I think that it opens the door to all these additional problems, and they still don't get it right. And then it just makes it worse because now you've just killed time. By the way, just, I got to go back and listen to tapes now to just, see if this is really just, your idea. Just look at the robo ump stuff. Did you see they got, they're wearing AirPods in their ears? You don't like this? No, that that's that is. 
That is beyond ridiculous. Are you opposed to the robot society, Jeff? I asked because my wife got a vacuum last night that like robotically goes oh, around the house. Oh no, you got one of those. <laughs> it was freaking me out. <laughs> I was standing up there looking down at it. You're lucky you don't have a pet because if you don't think pets freak out when those things go around, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. No, I don't want the robo society. If that's what you're asking me. Okay. Yeah. How much? Uh, I think that human error is part of life, and I think that it should be that they do the best they can with the situation they have and and it's adding time to the games did you happen to see that college football is not going to do a national injury report uh for their teams well there there's a problem with that because you you you, which is i know the betters are going to get upset that's what surprises me but but no because the the problem is is that colleges have rules about uh it's basically like what they call hipaa so you have to protect the health information of the players of the students so you technically can't be giving out that information all right come so on, what are you supposed to do come on mr lawyer i'm just surprised no i I, I, I always thought it was odd that that information was given out because everybody should have a right to to I don't their understand. own personal information don't adults have a right to their personal information then yes. our kids different what do you mean they put out an injured list and, and in hockey it's a lower body injury why don't they just say that in football so you know somebody's hurt so you want them to say lower body injury, upper body injury? Well, look. Well, then who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter that much from a fan standpoint. But it does matter. From a gambler if, standpoint. But these sports are embracing gambling. So to act like they're not yeah. and not take steps to make sure that people can have the most informed decision if you're going to embrace it isn't right. If you have fantasy and you're starting players, I'm not saying college here. Yeah. But if you're starting but players. But you just in, said it. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't have fantasy college. Uh, at least I don't. Right. I'm in a bunch of fantasy leagues. But uh-huh. but if you were better, I know on you game, wouldn't let me join one. Don't you? I. It's not that I wouldn't let you join oh. one. There just wasn't room. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> if if you're trying to bet on the game and you don't know that a star is injured, I'm sorry because he's not on the report and they put him in the game and he gets knocked out on the second play and you I'm didn't know so anything sorry. about it. Yeah. You're an industry that's embracing it. Oh, but. Uh, I, I believe that players should have some privacy. It's that simple. I mean, what's the difference? Okay, so if a player is not hurt and decides not to play. I went to an Orange Bowl where I thought that uh, certain players were playing and then they decided not to play. And they, you as far as I was concerned, they weren't. You are bitter about that. What, the Michigan-Florida State Orange yeah, Bowl? Yeah, they sat out. That. Yeah, you the Pepper sat bitter. out. Yeah. Did you see the Cleveland Browns story, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe? The the player who went to like Phoenix College dropped out to try and get into an FBS school to play. Yeah, but but here's the, here's the problem with that. I am so Cleveland browned out. Oh come uh, on! Are you not sick and tired of every story about being about Baker Mayfield and I'm Odell excited Beckham they're going to be a better and, team. And, and is anybody going to root for Kareem Hunt? I no, but I think okay. it's I think it's good for the NFL for Cleveland to be a good team. I don't think it's good for the <laughs> NFL because I don't think it's good for any league to have perennial losers. Right. I don't think that helps from a fan base Does that perspective, the Big Ten? from a rivalry perspective, <laughs> from a league building perspective. No, it doesn't help for Rutgers either, <laughs> Jeff. Thanks. Appreciate that. You, you, people, you should have seen the look on his face go from, I'm going to ignore this, I'm going to ignore this. No, now I'm going to have to deal with it. Go ahead. Now yeah. you talk. No, okay. I'm done. No, go ahead. Good. So I just, I don't get it. <laughs> you don't believe in perennial losers. No, because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do anybody good. So why do you root for So you want the Marlins suck? to be good? 
no, I don't think there should be baseball for the Marlins. <laughs> like either a team should be good and right. have a fan base, or if there's no fan base, no, then they can't I, look, sustain I, it. I'm happy that for Cleveland that they they might have a team that's good. I'm just saying that it's it's just overkill already. That we have to listen to every day. Baker Mayfield's going to be the next Hall of Fame quarterback, and Odell Beckham has turned things around. Did you see and- him shotgun a beer? He yes, got, Mil- see, he got exactly. Miller Lite like three million dollars of advertising. Why, but for doing see, that. why? Why do we need to watch that? I could really care less. But but it, you just mentioned it on air because of the marketing time. Because I'm right. interested from I don't care from a Cleveland Browns perspective more yeah. Baker Mayfield. I'm fascinated by players and their marketing leverage. So Bryce we, Harper we just got sucked into the Cleveland Browns vortex. By the way, I know. But what I wanted to tell you was yeah. there's a player who literally slept outside. Uh huh. A gym spent his last two hundred dollars on a coach, talked his way into the Cleveland Browns practice, uh-huh. and last night in the game had a punt return for a touchdown, and it was really cool to see the team all get on the field and celebrate with him. I get it you're cold hearted and, and, and you don't care about any of that. Oh stuff, yeah, and it's, it's preseason me. and it doesn't matter, and it's the Browns and you're cranky <clears throat> and thirty five other things. Who slept but, outside? But in the snowstorm, I understand. But was it me or you? I think that it is very cool for a story like that. It is. Cool I mean, for in a Philadelphia, like we celebrate that with a guy with a movie called Vince Papali. Right. We've had him on the show. Right. Like that's the kind of story that that is. If that guy makes a team, uh huh. Literally. Okay. I admire people who don't go away, who don't give up on chasing their dreams. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool to talk about. You're Just because you're not interested in any heartwarming <laughs> stories, because you're that heartless. is not true. Oh, what is it? Tell me. I'm what just is it? Tired of the Browns. <sighs> you try to make it like things are so simple in your world. They're not. You're not they as, are pretty simple. You're not as simple world. of a person as you would like <laughs> others to believe. It's not as cut and dry yeah. as you would think it is. All right. Are we, are we done with the Browns? We are done with the Browns. Yeah. We can stop talking about them. Okay. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about now? Can we... Okay, we're not going to get into all the details, <laughs> but really, somebody's suing for the Fanatic? I'm not going to get into details, but really... You wonder if it has to do with the pro- the the recent profitability of... of the fanatic, because they, I mean, yeah, they sold little stuffed animals of the fanatic, but the last couple of years, what do you see when it's cold out? You see Philadelphia fanatic dang, hats. dangle hats, yeah. you know, those winter hats. And now you got with Bryce Harper with the the bandana, now you got the fanatic My bandana. My son's got a fanatic sitting on top of an airplane at home. He's, he's got a fanatic. Why is he sitting on an airplane? Because he wanted the fanatic that, to like ride Snoopy? an airplane. He is two. Do you yeah. want to talk to him about it? I will, yes. Come will. over, have a conversation, right. see his reasoning <laughs> for it, whatever you'd like. But he's I'm into sure, the fanatic. I'm sure it'll make just he, as much sense as this one. He doesn't know much about anything, but yeah. he's into the fanatic. Uh-huh. I thought this thing was settled. I mean, I, I don't understand what they're arguing about I right think now. that they're just trying to, they're making a mad grab and hoping for a settlement at this point. Does it surprise you it's gotten to the point it does? Don't these things usually end in a mediation so they don't make headlines like no, this? No, uh-uh. I mean, you're a lawyer, so you no. go through it more than me. I yeah. don't really know how that all works. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise In the me. end, do you think the Phillies keep the rights yes. to it? Uh-huh. I mean, he's the brand at this point, correct? He, he, they're not going to get the fanatic. So what would point. happen? They would just have to pay for it? Is that how it works? Well, that's if they lose. You're, you're assuming that the, the, the Phillies don't have a good case. From what I've seen, the Phillies have a good case. Well, we'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, it says on my board that we've got somebody from the Iron Pigs. Which is wrong. Kurt Landis, I understand your spell check doesn't work very well. It doesn't. Ours, <laughs> ours does. I, I didn't know. 
if to say this is Kurt Manis of the Iron Pigs or the Iron Pugs. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to put on the advertising either, but you don't have a Twitter handle that said Pugs yet, so I went with Pigs. So that's what it is. You may want to change that as you get closer. Jeff and I will be out there. But can you explain this to us, that we thought that on August 19th we were coming out to see a Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs game. Instead, we're coming out to see a Lehigh Valley Iron Pugs game. What happened? And by the that's, way, I don't know if right. my navigation will find that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on August 19th, we were scheduled to have a T-shirt giveaway. Somewhere along the way, I messed up in, in spell check or an email or my cell phone, and I put iron pugs instead of iron pigs. So uh, we've been able to remedy the mistake. We've created a logo, and everything that night is going to be Lehigh Valley iron pugs. Uh, so it's tremendous. We have a lot of merchandise available for sale. Everything that night's going to be themed dogs and iron pugs. It does happen, coincidentally, to mirror up with our last dog day of the season. Oh, that works so, so everyone well. Everyone can bring out their uh, puppies to the game on Monday, August 19th. But instead of hearing iron pigs, you're going to hear iron pugs all night. And uh, we're going to have some fun. I know on the video board we'll probably have some uh, quote-unquote accidental uh, typos on the video board throughout the <laughs> night. And uh, we'll celebrate both typos and pugs. <laughs> You're going to celebrate typos now, huh? Teachers won't be Everyone's happy about Everyone's been there, that. right? Yeah, right, right before back to school. Everybody <laughs> everybody has been there, though. Uh, I, I love how you, uh, how you handle marketing in minor league baseball. Can you talk about uh, how you're all able to embrace creativity with these, these nights that you have? Because when I saw the, the email, I, I got to chuckle out loud for this one. <laughs> you know, it, inherently, minor league baseball is about having fun fun and the game's important the players are important they're trying to make that last step up to the Phillies uh, but coming to my league baseball game is about being a part of a social event and taking the part of the atmosphere the food the entertainment you have to have a culture within your front office of being unique and fun and creative and rolling with the punches and you have an opportunity to surround yourself with these people of the same like mind and you go out there, you throw, you know, as pigs or pugs, as it were, you throw mud against the wall and you see what sticks. And, and people know <laughs> that uh, you come here, you're going to expect to see things that you had no idea could occur because it's anything we do could be unique or different. Every night's different. Uh, we, we have a lot of different theme nights. Uh, last night we have professional wrestling as you walk into the oh, ballpark. I missed it. That's In fact, right, the I saw the pictures of the ring out there was that out in in the outfield concourse is that where the ring was it was right in front in front of our main plaza right as you walk in the door jeff i missed it well la last week the one that i really wanted to go to was was pig yoga night so <laughs> so how nervous were those pigs being in a stadium that is filled with bacon That's why they were doing the, yoga. the only person that was nervous was uh, my groundskeeper <laughs> <laughs> We had like 100 uh, females out doing yoga on the field and about 25 pigs, some <laughs> as big as 100 pounds, other ones, you know, real cute, 5, 10 pounds. And I never thought pig yoga would be something you see. I was going to say, so you guys could sit around and brainstorm all day, but what does the general manager of a baseball team think when he looks down and sees pigs and people doing yoga in his outfield? Well, myself as a general manager, I smile. I mean, again, <laughs> you're trying to do as many things to bring people to the ballpark and Baseball brings a certain percentage of people, but everyone else just wants to be entertained. And, and for some, that's wrestling in your plaza, and others, that's having pig yoga. And for some, it's iron pugs and bring your pug to the baseball game. And for other people, it's 
they see our, our John identity. You know, we, we became the John for a day early in July to celebrate all things Philadelphia. And, and John, yeah, people is, are like, what's John? What's that mean? Well, it's, it's a Philadelphia term for anything. In, we fair, celebrate it. in fairness, Jeff has been uh, on Mike Ventola. He keeps checking his mailbox for his John gear, and he's disappointed that, to be that Mike hasn't sent yeah. it to him. So <laughs> just, just so you I'll, know. I'll get with Mike and correct his John right away. Yes, yeah. if, if, you, if you could get that fixed, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff would be well, very Well, the, the other thing that you do, it's amazing how quickly you're able to to put into place these ideas. The Sixers, for example, are, are wearing a new throwback jersey, and you guys had stuff ready to go immediately. H- how is it that, that your team is so nimble in being able to, to get this stuff done? Well, two, two things. One, we worked in collaboration with the Sixers for months in advance, so it wasn't a surprise when they announced their jersey and we announced our jersey uh, in collaboration with them uh, an hour later. So it just tried to form relationships and collaborations to do some fun, unique things together. And on August 21st at the ballpark, it's actually going to be our Sixers night. Uh, them and, and their entire crew, their promotions team, their, their Sixers mascot, they're going to be coming up that night to kind of basically take over our game entertainment. And it'll feel like a basketball game, except for we're playing baseball instead. You have to have them bring the dunk squad. <laughs> but, you know, overall, to your point, you know, a lot of people ask me, do you, do you want to work in Major League Baseball or do you want to work for the NFL or NBA? And, and it's primarily that does always an exciting alert to that. But what I love about my job is you can do things and see things. And if there's a current event, you can act quickly and not have a lot of red tape or bureaucracy. And it's, our job is about being fun and creative. And not that they're not fun and creative at different levels, but I think it takes a little bit more of a slow turn to get to where you want to go versus at Marling Baseball. You can be quick and nimble. You see something happen, fun, unique. Last year, uh, we won Marling Baseball's best award for the promotion, and we did a big LV wants LeBron campaign. Yeah, we talked about it. We saw a billboard that was and everything, great. yeah. So essentially, we we had the it idea work, like though. all these different teams were saying, "Hey, we want LeBron James to come to uh, Philadelphia or come to Los Angeles or come wherever." And so we did our own campaign. We wanted to come to Lehigh Valley, and we had the the leg up on the competition because no one else could could really reach out to LeBron until July first of the of the that's right. Free agency. You, you could talk early. We could reach out to him whenever we wanted. There's no rules for us. So nah. we tried to recruit LeBron for a full uh, five six weeks before anybody else. People love the campaign, and again, that's something we could do quickly just with the idea of putting up a billboard, and everything kind of built on top of that to have a night where we had the goat at the ballpark, literally a goat, um, and we hand out LeBron face mask and headbands, <laughs> and, and our fans really got behind it. We, you know, we had LeBron James Iron Pigs t-shirts, and, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Wow. So to do those things consistently, we have different promotions each year, that's really what I enjoy that part of the job well we'll encourage everybody to get out to the game on the 19th and all the upcoming games appreciate the time look forward to catching you out there on the 19th well i appreciate we have uh 10 games left this season starting tonight this weekend and then we have seven more left august 19th to the 25th so it's hard to believe we're wrapping up our 12th year but uh we're short right away up the turnpike right here in allentown and it's a great stadium it's a great stadium we look forward to catching it you have a great one kurt Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. Jeff, any last words? I'm looking forward to going to that game in a couple weeks. We will be out there. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week.